into Houston, apparently you can't do a trade between <laughs> two teams that one person controls. Uh, so I was fined a fourth rounder conditionally by the NFL. Uh, it's kind of fucked up, really. It's a quick interview. There's really absolutely no evidence of foul play. Uh, no evidence of foul play. Nick Casarero and Dan Snyder are best of friends. I know that for a fact. All right, welcome to the 25th episode of the Gridiron Podcast. It's your host, Colin Scully. As usual, joined by my good friend, Evan, today. How are we? Good, good. I uh, just ate that burger. That really kind of woke me up. Yeah, it smells that. delicious in my room right now. Uh, Newman, how are you today? Fresh off a long day at work. Yeah, I just walked in the door. I picked up dunks on the way home, so I'm eating. Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and Dan, how are you today, sir? Uh, pretty good. Uh, had one class today, had yoga at six o'clock in the morning while you guys were probably all sleeping. Um, yeah, it was. (laughs) So yeah, not a bad day. Rare, uh, midday podcast, three o'clock's early for us to be recording. Yeah. All right. So pretty much just a Super Bowl review podcast. We'll talk about a little bit about the off season sim that we've begun. Uh, that'll be more Dan and Connor speaking, but, as to the Super Bowl, obviously, we know the Rams won 23-20. Uh, Pretty fantastic game, if you ask me. Very fun to watch. A um, couple notes for me, at least. Um, kind of surprised that Cincinnati didn't take more deep shots in that game. I felt like they had a lot of success taking them. Um, why wasn't Joe Mixon in the game on fourth and one? And why the fuck did P. Ryan not dive for that ball? That was, like, <laughs> fairly catchable if you get down. Um, but all in all, like, an amazing game. Happy for Matt Stafford. He played pretty well. I mean, I, I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say about the whole Richard Sherman Twitter debate that's been going on about whether or not Matt Stafford's a Hall of Famer or not. I don't think he is. I, I agree with Richard Sherman. Um, but regardless, huge for him. Happy for him. Um any thoughts from you guys? Uh, I can go first. Um, so my first thought is that I am loving all this Eli Apple slander. That's just everywhere. <laughs> just every time like I just go on my Instagram and I see this toast. I'm a big toast guy. I see this toast burnt to a crisp with his face on it. I'm like, this is so fucking funny. Um, oh, it, it's just hilarious. Uh, NFL memes IG is just one of my favorite Instagram accounts. It makes me just crack up all the time um Bengals offensive line is absolutely fucking disgraceful like it's just fucking disgraceful I mean I got no other words to describe it I mean like I think the Rams had like an 85 percent win rate which was the highest all season long in the NFL like it was literally the worst offensive line performance all year like and when we when I made the mistake of sending Dan um why the Rams will win the Super Bowl when it wasn't the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, number one was just that defensive line. Uh, just with Do- uh, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, and Leonard Floyd, they just created such havoc. Um, so Bengals offensive line, 
absolutely atrocious. And then in, in a world where my, I had a lot of cold takes, the, the, the biggest cold take of them all, when I say before the year, that I pretty much had no faith in the Rams winning the Super Bowl. And uh, here they are. Got to get a tattoo now. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll talk to my mother. <laughs> um, I guess how I look at the Super Bowl, um, like Colin said, it was very entertaining. Um, I, I, I would have been happy with either team winning. Um, but for some reason, I found myself at the end very upset that the Bengals didn't win. I think it was just kind of that underdog mentality. Um, they kind of made a comeback in the second half to get the lead, but then lost it. Um, it, it I mean, you really just can't be mad about any of the outcomes, I guess. Um, but quickly, kind of just to hit on the point of why weren't the Bengals taking so many deep shots, I think it goes to what both Colin and Evan were saying, that the offensive line is shit. Um, you can't really throw the ball deep when you don't have time. Um, I have some prior experience with that from high school, but that's for another day. Um, when you just don't have the time, you really can't take those deep shots. So um, it just overall really good game um, in six months of no football. So sad. Very sad. Um, yeah. I mean, for, for how close of a game it was and how like nice of a game it was, I feel like, I don't know, it felt different this year. I feel like there were teams in the AFC Chiefs Bills that I would have rather have seen in the, the Super Bowl. I think probably deserved it a little bit more, but I mean, I agree. Scully, I don't know why Mixon was not in on like half of those big third downs. P Ryan was so ineffective. Um, it was just strange. And Evans, Evans didn't play all playoffs. All of a sudden he's getting snaps. Exactly. It's like, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Is there like an injury somewhere? Probably not. Just weird. Um, Aaron Donald, big play at the end. I, the, that clip of McVay uh, mic'd up is pretty cool. Um, where he says AD is going to make a play. So that was good. I'm glad to see both of them get a ring. Obviously Stafford gets his ring. That's really awesome. Shares that with his kids. Now they're in Disney world having a blast. There's no football. Magical place. <laughs> The, uh, the Van Jefferson's wife story was pretty oh, unbelievable yeah. for her to just suck it up and go to that game knowing she very well could be popping a baby out. And turns out she did. It's pretty fucking cool. I mean, that's got to be the greatest day of Van Jefferson's life, no? Oh, easy. Super Bowl and a kid. I was saying to Evan, like, if, if they lose this game, he's going to fucking hate this kid. It's just going to be a constant <laughs> reminder, a constant reminder of the Super Bowl he could have had but didn't. Uh, so good for him. Um, you guys have anything else on the Super Bowl, or should we talk about our offseason sim a little bit? Um, quickly, I just wanted to hit because I kind of forgot to talk about it. The whole Stafford uh, Hall of Fame thing. I think oh, yeah, as yeah. of right now, um, I don't think you could put him in the Hall of Fame with the current resume he has. I know a lot of people want to give him the benefit of the doubt, like, oh, he was in Detroit and look what he did the first year out. It's like, okay, there's a lot of quarterbacks that have to deal with situations like that that may find success somewhere else. But I, I think Stafford's got to play at least a couple more years of playing some elite football to really get that nod, get a couple all pros. I mean, Brady's retired, so that opens a spot. Rodgers in a couple of years is going to be out. Um, Big Ben's out. And so a lot of these top-tier quarterbacks are kind of leaving the game, even though some are coming in. But Stafford's really got to cement himself as one of these top five quarterbacks if he really wants a shot at the Hall of Fame. Real quick on Stafford, let's not forget he led the league in interceptions this year too. Like, as good as he was, and he was undoubtedly a top-ten quarterback, he did lead the NFL in picks. Like, you know, 
uh, he, he threw some kind of uh, unforced errors uh, with some deep balls, just kind of trying to force it in the cup. So, you know, I, I'm kind of with you guys. I don't think he is quite yet. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to a PFF podcast, um, and I, I don't like that. I have to quote PFF here, but they're I like saying PFF. They're reliable in some ways, but in other ways, I think they have some crazy takes. Um, they have some I, real bias on Twitter for sure. Yes. Um, <laughs> but the podcast I was listening to is kind of just recapping the Super Bowl, and they're talking about the whole like, is Stafford really that elite, or is he just on a good team? Um, and they're saying his grade for the year is like an 82. But then if you bump it up for the playoff ratings, it's an 85, which PFF, I think the highest you could really go is like a 93 or 94, just how their grading works. Um, and they're saying Kirk Cousins this year had a better grade than Stafford. So when you're just comparing QBs in a vacuum, PFF says Kirk Cousins was better than Stafford. I don't feel that way. Um, but kind of just shows that Stafford maybe didn't have as good as a year as a lot of people want to say. I think Kirk Cousins is criminally undervalued as Scully and I both know. Um, yes. What'd you, what'd you guys think of the halftime show, by the way, I wanted to ask. I, I thought it, I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, I didn't. I didn't really have an issue with it. I, to me, like, I'd never listened to that kind of music, so I didn't really – I mean, obviously, there were huge hits. Everyone knows those songs, but, like, I wasn't – like, my mom texted me. She was like, I feel like I'm in 1994. I was like, yeah, that's exactly why I don't want to watch this halftime show. <laughs> I thought it was good. I had 50 cents stuck in my head really since uh, since the show. So <laughs> I got to say, dude, Dr. Dre is, like, in good shape. It's a good looking dude. He was muscular in that jacket. Yeah. Yeah. I was also surprised at how crazy the internet went over Eminem. I didn't realize so many people think that he's so good looking. I think he's just like an average looking dude. I am not on the side of social media that determines whether Eminem is good looking or not. (laughs) Well, I I live with girls, so. Ah, okay. (laughs) anyways uh, real quick i will i will send some marketing i will shout out that ad uh that and i'm sure everyone knows what i'm talking about that uh that qr code ad you know, Coinbase. Ad that, like yeah i thought that was that was the best ad of the night so that was genius marketing we Absolutely. i think they said so many people went to the website that it crashed like it crashed yeah is the perfect advertisement for the super bowl because everyone yeah. immediately like me and all my roommates were like pull out your camera like oh, no. That, that was no, just yeah, my millions mar- of people. My marketing teacher was like, why, why didn't I think of that? Because he has his own uh, digital marketing agency. So he's like, why didn't I think of that? I, it, was, it was a great ad. Yeah, unfortunately, the rest of them were shit, though. There were no good commercials. Oh, not one I single agree. good Super Bowl ad. I got ridiculed early on after the first drive, the three and out. The uh, waste management open was on. and It was going into playoff holes. And I was interested in watching. And at that point, I had like, probably 15, 16 people over. And at that point, there were only like six or seven of us. And they were all like my close friends. So I felt no issue, like flipping the channel. Off. What the fuck? The Super Bowl commercials. Like, dude, oh, yeah. they haven't been good in five years. Yeah. Oh, Doritos hasn't made one in forever. It's like, no, Dom Bud Light. That the meta one was fucking awful. Oh, with yeah. those weird ass creatures. Like <laughs> you're telling me Zuckerberg spent $10 million on that. That's like change to him though. I know, but it's like I ain't throwing ten million away on fucking fuzzy three D creatures living in a virtual world. Because that's who's going to use the metaverse. Whole thing makes no sense. No. I don't understand meta. Me neither. 
Uh, let's move on to the off-season sim. I'm going to throw this one over to Dan and Newman to kind of explain what we're doing. Um, and we'll run through just some of the biggest moves so far and then move on to our uh, top tens. Yeah, so... Um, Wait, real quick, this... got to interrupt you. Got to interrupt you. Aaron Donald will be returning. Mm. He's not retiring. Go ahead. Good for him. All right. Good to know. Um, so Newman... Uh, couple of weeks ago found this really good article um and it was about like simulating the offseason from a quarterback's perspective kind of how uh, the dominoes were going to fall for quarterbacks going to different teams and how the simulation worked was a bunch of these different reporters from a, di a bunch of different markets uh were kind of pretending to be the gm of these teams uh they could talk amongst each other to make trades uh, they would make offers on quarterbacks um so at the end of the article, it had um, X amount of quarterbacks going to certain teams, some staying, um, and it was all these reporters being GMs. Um, that kind of sparked an idea for us um, to take the four of us and then our friends Frank and Sean to be six general or yeah six general managers uh, for multiple different teams in the NFL, and we're basically going to run a simulation of the entire NFL offseason. Yeah. Um... It's been going very lovely. It's basically like a, a shrunken down version. So, you know, we're already in the re-signed phase. Obviously, that doesn't happen in real life just yet. We haven't even had the fucking combine yet in real life. Um, but I'd say it's gone pretty smoothly so far. Dan and I text pretty regularly <laughs> to make rules up on the fly. We have at least five different spreadsheets at this point. Um, but it's going pretty well, better than I thought it would. Uh, everyone kind of understands the money aspects. I feel like I have a much better understanding of how money works in the NFL now. Like, oh, yeah. easy. Absolutely. Very great thing to take out of this um, come like real free agency. But I think it's been pretty realistic so far. Mm -hmm. uh, just got through most of the trades. Um, yeah. yeah, I will Dan, say. Do you, um, do you maybe want to pull up some of the trades that we made? Yeah. Um, well, actually, Newman, I think you have the entire list, but I could kind of pull it up on my phone, actually. Yeah, I have a little notebook dedicated just to this. Um, but I, So I, I take a picture. just kind of to lay out the, the, the timeline that we've had so far, uh, we had a what we call a legal tampering period. Um, that's where teams could kind of talk among, amongst each other and negotiate some trades. Um, and that period lasted about a week. Um, and today was actually the day that all trades could become official. Um, during that time, people could restructure contracts using overthecap.com, um, and players were also released. Um, and today was actually the first day that people could submit uh, re-signing uh, offers to certain players that will be free agents. Um, but for some of the trades, um, the first one I have here was Jimmy Garoppolo going to the Washington Commanders uh, for a 2022 second, a 2022 fifth, and a 2024 third. Um, do you maybe want to say who was the GM of? of yeah, so the GM of the Niners, I believe, is Connor, and the GM of the, uh, Washington is Colin. It um, is. <laughs> that trade was interesting. I was Indy, and I was in a bidding war trying to get Jimmy Garoppolo to Indianapolis, uh, but I don't have enough picks to be throwing around that much capital. So good trade for Colin. And something we see that may happen in real life, and maybe even for a first round pick. I know. I wish um, that report came out sooner. I would have. I would have yeah. my price. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't have paid a first. I would have stuck. I don't think he'll go for a first. I, think I don't think so cool. either. So, yeah. Um, the next one I have here is the Patriots, which is Evan trading Isaiah Wynn and a third round pick 
to the Dolphins, which is Sean for cornerback Eric Rowe. Um, I believe that's a third round pick, a fourth round pick, and another fourth round pick. Evan, you love to give the pick numbers and not the round numbers, so I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah. I think that's um, about right. But that trade I thought was interesting because I know you're trying to get rid of him when I called you about Calvin Ridley. Um, yeah. But I'm surprised that you're taking Eric Rowe back to New England. Yeah, I, um, part of that is I just I think it's unrealistic for me to be able to keep um, J.C. Jackson. I just don't think I'm going to be able to afford him. And Bill always tends to like to bring guys back like Jamie Collins and Kyle Van Noy. So I thought it, it, it I could see kind of that maybe happening in real life. Yeah, he has a little cap hit, but Bill loves bringing uh, defensive players back for reunions. So I thought it I thought it would make some sense. All right, I can get behind that thinking. It reminds me of a, a trade straight out of Madden where it, it won't go through, so you just throw a bunch of picks at it until it goes yeah. through. That's <laughs> the first thing I thought. I was like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> uh, also, me and Newman have talked. Evan, your numbers are just slightly off of the actual order. Um, so we got, oh. we got to get that squared away. Yes. Um, clean that up. But Funny. the next trade is a pretty big blockbuster trade. Uh, this one is between the Houston Texans, which is Colin. Uh, in the Philadelphia Eagles, which is myself, um, Houston is trading quarterback Deshaun Watson uh, to Philly for a 2022 first or two of them, actually the 15th and 16th pick in the draft, a 2023 second and also offensive tackle Andre Dillard. As part of the trade, Houston will pay for half of Deshaun Watson's contract this season. Um, obviously, where this is a sim, we don't know what the hell is going on with the legal stuff. So just kind of praying that he doesn't go to jail. Um, but I think if everything gets cleared legally, um, I, I really hope Philly can make a trade for Deshaun Watson. I just don't think you could win with Jalen Hurts as a quarterback. So those are kind of my – I'll say um, from a Houston standpoint, I was pretty happy with this deal to get that kind of draft capital uh, back with the, you know, questions surrounding Watson. Uh, it gives me three first-round picks this year. And uh, – I'm sure you'll maybe mention it, Dan, since I was fucking fined a fourth rounder, but uh, I traded Matthew Iadonis from Washington to Houston. Apparently you can't do a trade between <laughs> two teams that one person controls. Uh, so I was fined a fourth rounder conditionally by the NFL. Uh, it's kind of fucked up really as a quick interview. There's really absolutely no evidence of foul play. Uh, no evidence of foul play. Nick Casarero and Dan Snyder are best of friends. I know that for a fact. Um, but yeah, I mean, Houston had plenty of draft capital. I felt good sending a second back to Washington. Felt like I was helping both teams. I couldn't name you a fucking defensive player on Houston Texans. So, well, so actually you got, uh, you got the pick stripped because you can make, like same GM trades, but you just got to let me and Newman know. So you're not just making a random trade. Like Matt, I and I went around the wall. First. I mean, I feel like, is that not an unreasonable trade? It was, right, you but you just broke protocol. It. You didn't tell us. So we had to I, set an example. It was just, unfortunately, it was you. The where, the, where the fuck was that in writing? All right. I had no idea. It was even a rule. That was my exact text. I had no idea. This was a rule. Laugh face, laugh face, laugh face. Well, you found out me, me and Newman's texts were, um, what are we going to do about this Colin trade? Connor, I'm pretty sure was like, I don't know. I was like, well, we'll just strip him like a fourth round pick next year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, Dan's like, me. I think that's tampering. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I think you're right. <laughs> 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 All 
<laughs> literally coming up with rules on the fly here. Um, so the next trade, it's actually pretty corresponding with the Watson move. Um, I, as the Philadelphia Eagles, traded Jalen Hurts to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is Frank, for a 2022 sixth, and then a conditional uh, 2023 second, which if Pittsburgh makes the playoffs, becomes a first-round pick. So Philadelphia kind of keeps that streak of trading mediocre quarterbacks for first-round picks alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I thought of. Um, the next trade we have here is Newman doesn't have the return written down, but it's Calvin didn't Ridley. tell me what it was. It was a second round. It's the, a 2022 second round pick. Um, so Atlanta, myself, is sending Calvin Ridley to the New York Jets, which is Frankie for uh, the 38th pick in the draft, which Newman, if you gave up a second rounder, I still was going to take the Jets offer because they're one pick ahead of Chicago. Yeah, I gave, I would offered you my second rounder and you didn't take it, you fuck. Well, because he, thrown also, in a oh, six, he also threw like in a six. Like it works right? in Madden. Well, that's what he did, and I was like, I ain't fucking doing that bullshit, so I backed out. But I think he would be great in Chicago. Yeah, I agree. I think he's going to be good in New York. New York is interesting. So they have Elijah Moore, uh, the rookie from Ole Miss. So you add in Calvin Ridley, you have Corey Davis. It's a pretty decent receiving core. You also have uh, uh, Mims, Denzel Mims, who they spent a a first first round pick on. Second round a couple of years ago, uh, he really hasn't had an opportunity to play. And then is Crowder a free agent? Well, Barrios is yes, a free yeah. agent. And Bar- oh, Barrios had a good year. He did. He'll make a little bit of money on the market. His uh, expected maybe, market value is up there. Maybe Houston will come calling. I got a lot of money. I could always use a white guy in the slot. <laughs> Davis Danny, Mills. Danny Amendola. Come on. Hmm. Um, God. Next trade here is involving the cap hell New Orleans Saints who are actually able to get out of $74 million in negative cap. So congratulations, Evan. Um, But this trade happened moments after the Super Bowl. Um, It's a tag and trade involving left tackle Teron Armstead. Uh, The Cincinnati Bengals will be sending a 2022 second round pick and a 2022 fifth round pick uh, for the all-pro tackle. Honestly, after watching that performance, I am very glad I'm getting a franchise left tackle, even if he's around for one or two years. Yep. So um, the next one we have, this one confuses me, Evan. Um, it's the sure. Cleveland Browns and Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So this is I like this deal Evan. a lot. Uh, it's pick 78, which I assume is a third round pick, and pick mm-hmm. 193. It's a fourth mm-hmm. or a fifth, and it's for running back Alexander Madison, which if I'm Minnesota, I don't know if I'm giving up next. Yeah, I see your argument, right? I, I completely get it. Dalvin Cook is untrustworthy to stay healthy. Um, you know, Colin just came calling, and I, I was willing to listen because I, I wasn't feeling super strongly, I guess, about keeping him. I was open to negotiation and got a couple draft picks. I'm like, all right. And then, um, you know, there's some running backs out there. So, you know, I get your point. Uh, but for me, you know, I'll just take the a couple picks for a guy. And I just got to hope that Cook stays healthy next year. You know? From a Browns perspective, I cut Kareem Hunt to save about seven, six million. Um, Dearness Johnson is a free agent. I didn't plan on bringing him back. Matheson makes under a million dollars. I think he'd be a wonderful fit to compliment Chubb running hard. Matheson can run outside the tackles. He's good in the pass game. I think that that would be a really good 
piece for Cleveland. It'd be fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. All right. The next trade was a huge blockbuster. Um, we have the Las Vegas Raiders trading for quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Um, in the trade, and this is pretty hard to read, the Packers will be receiving quarterback Derek Carr, who will not be retained and will be released. But just to make the cap work, I assume he was thrown into the deal. Yes. yes. Um, wide receiver Hunter Renfro, a 2022 first-round pick, 2022 second-round pick, and a 2023 first-round pick, and a 2023 third-round pick. So a lot of draft capital um, and a stud receiver in Hunter Renfro going to Green Bay to work with Jordan Love, the quarterback of the future. Would you like to explain your side or mine first? Uh, you can go first. For me, Green Bay is in a cap hell. Uh, when I inherited this roster, I think they were minus 56 million. Um, Connor and Dan were so gracious to allow me more than three restructures, which is typically <laughs> the rule. I got an extra one. I got four. Uh, I was able to restructure some contracts down to about like 25 million, trading away Rodgers saved me 19 and then I cut like uh, Mercedes Lewis, Mason Crosby. Thank God. I, I hope nobody signs him. He's abysmal. Um, and one other player, I think I had Randall Cobb. Um, and to get Smith. back Renfro, get back Re- uh, and Preston Smith. Yes. To get back Renfro was huge for me because I can't afford Adams. I can't even franchise tag him. I'd be negative. I can't afford him. Uh, so to get an, a number one wide receiver in my eyes is huge. Uh, couldn't keep car, but like, I don't know. Realistically, I thought Rodgers would be traded last year. They promised they'd trade him if he wanted to. So I thought it wasn't the craziest of things to trade him away. Uh, it's going to be a rebuild, but fuck with all those draft picks. It, it should move relatively quickly if I do it well. So, Yeah, for, uh, for the Raiders side, I mean, you know, you get a guy who's won back-to-back uh, MVPs here. Uh, so to me, that was um, like – almost a no brainer. He showed really no signs of stopping. And with the Raiders, I was able to clear some money. Uh, so I still have a good amount of funds, even with the acquisition of Rogers, because Carr was about 20 million uh, Rogers against the cap for the Raiders is about 27. So still some money to be spent in free agency for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I know Devonte Adams will be out there and, and maybe that's a possible reunion, but again, it's all about kind of trying to move on. And I think Derek Carr, they are not going to win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr in an arms race that is the AFC. So you better gear up and I think the Raiders are ready. Um, next trade we have here, uh, I think should win me executive of the year in this simulation league. Uh, it's the Indianapolis Colts, myself trading Carson Wentz uh, <laughs> to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who is Frankie for a 2022 second round pick. I had no idea when I would go into negotiations what the hell anyone was going to offer Carson Wentz. I didn't think anyone would want him. I text Frank literally the first day. I'm like, I know you have no quarterback. Do you want Wentz? And I don't even know what my original plan was with the Colts. I just know I didn't want him. Uh, And he was like, oh, maybe I'll give you a third or fourth. I was like, fine, but let's wait and see what free agency looks like because I had no backup plan. Um, And then that whole Rodgers trade goes down. And I know Derek Carr's going to be in the open market. I'm like, I already got cap room. I, I got to make this happen. So I text Sean. I'm like, do you want Wentz? And he's like, I don't really, but I'll give you a third and a sixth. So I call up Frank. I'm like, can you beat it? He gives me the second. Sean says, hell no. And I got a second round pick out of it. And a little, I guess a leak here that the Indianapolis Colts are going to be given Derek Carr a pretty sizable bag during free agency. 
Well, I would like to just say I was so surprised because you made it very clear you were either going to trade them or release them. So it was almost like, why would someone trade the draft capital when they knew you were planning on releasing them? It, it, it really made no sense to me. So good on you for getting that, that pick. I just, I, I was amazed to see that there were, there were teams actually willing to give up picks when he was going to become a free agent. It, it made no sense. I don't want to put our good friend Frank down, but uh, <laughs> I feel as though he's maybe lagging behind a little bit in this sim. I, I reached out wondering if, uh, you know, it's somewhat unrealistic that the Pittsburgh Steelers would be interested in Baker Mayfield, but they have no quarterback. I, I, he got hurts, right? Um, so that makes a little more sense. He also declined any interest from the New York Giants. I'd say Baker's twice as good as Daniel Jones on his worst day. He's um, a Daniel Jones believer. That's why I gave yeah. him. <laughs> I think it is like kind of interesting though, Tampa, right? You have a lot of weapons on that team. If Wentz can just like manage the game, and he only had surprisingly seven interceptions this year, which is shocking. Um, a lot of bad throws that should have been intercepted. I don't know if he just got lucky often, but I'd be int- intrigued to see what Carson Wentz would look like in Tampa Bay. I don't think very good. <laughs> just my opinion. That team's so good, though. But they're losing Godwin. I, I don't know. Still have the defense. Um, we have two small trades to wrap up here that, that Newman didn't have written down, but I kind of remember them off the top of my head because they involved me. Um, but we had the mm-hmm. Eagles trading Gardner Minshew to the Broncos and also a fifth-round pick for wide receiver, wide receiver uh, K.J. Hamler. And then we also had the Eagles trading Jalen Rager to the Jags for, I think it was a – Fourth, third, I think it was third, a fourth. Fourth-round pick in 2022. Um, if you look at my Eagles transactions, it's just trades. It's like seven different trades. I've just been wheeling and dealing with the Eagles so far. Uh, I will say, before we wrap this discussion up, going back to the Rodgers deal, uh, Rudd and I really had a, a deal that I was favorable towards to begin with. It was um, Tim Pat, no, KJ Hamler. Bradley Chubb, Noah Fant, a first. Let me look. Uh, we was, were getting into the conditionals. It was a deep. I remember uh, it, Colin. It was if a you deep want. negotiation. Dan said he knows. Yeah, go ahead, Dan. So it was Noah Fant. Um, oh God, now I just totally blank. Bradley Chubb, so, KJ Hamler, a yeah. 2022 first. I want to say. It was then in the following year, if they didn't make the playoffs, it would be a 2023 first and a 2023 third. But if they made the playoffs, it would only be a second round pick. Yes. Yeah. Something along those lines. Yeah. It was uh, if Green Bay missed the second year and Denver made it, I would get their first and a third. If they missed, I would get, or if Green Bay made it, I would get a second. Um, But I, I think, Hamler could have had some success in Green Bay, deep, deep ball threat. Fant and Tunyon, Tunyon's a free agent. I don't even know if I can afford him. Fant would have been a nice replacement. Chubb replaces Preston Smith, who I released. Uh, and then I get some draft picks. It made some sense, but financially, I just, I would be like 1 million, less than 1 million over under the cap. So I just couldn't have done that. Um, kind of before we move on here, I just want to point out that, uh, 
Newman has been uh, nonstop trying to get a quarterback for the Panthers and has just been finding no luck. You had a reasonable offer for me, Newman. I just, again, money. Couldn't afford it. I've been trying to get Kyler Murray out of Arizona, but I think I'm going to have to stick with him and maybe even bring Cam Newton back, which would suck. Or probably end up in the draft somewhere. Yeah. Just get Jameis Winston. Keep the NFC South musical chairs game going on. I might extend them. I've been trying, and I've been trying to get a receiver to Chicago. I was kind of in on the Rager, but after having offered like a fourth for Rager, I was like, fuck no, I ain't giving you a fourth (laughs) for that bum. So backed out. I think that's it. Uh, I think the next time we're on, we'll probably discuss the re-signing period um, because we're starting that now. Some players have already rejected contracts. We already have one franchise tag player in Jason Kelsey. Um, And then free agency will be the pod after that. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I'm enjoying this. Uh, Throw it over to top 10 tight ends and offensive linemen. I have tight ends first uh we'll just do a typical one for everyone two for everyone uh my number one will go me evan dan connor as we have a pod my number one mark andrews this year he had a phenomenal year he's my best tight end in the league uh mark andrews mark andrews and mark andrews at number two i had travis kelsey travis kelsey travis kelsey travis kelsey i think those were Pretty much uh, a shoe-in, one and two there. Uh, gets a little interesting down the line, though. I had Kittle at three, even though he missed some time. He was very effective when he did play. George Kittle. I have Zach Ertz. Hot wow. take, Dal- Dalton Schultz, baby. Oh, boy. Wow. Okay. Uh, at four, I had Kyle Pitts. Dalton Schultz. Sorry, we I just got some breaking news notification. It's not really that breaking though. The Falcons have released pass rusher Dante Fowler. They probably will do the same in the sim. Anyway, uh, my four is George Kittle. My four is George Kittle. My five is Darren Waller. Wow. Five Kyle Pitts. Five, I have Dalton Schultz. I have Dallas Goddard. Interesting. I'm, I'm kind of surprised. I don't think I had Waller in my top 10. Wow. That's think. a sin. I don't. Wow. He didn't play. He didn't play a lot. I know, but when he did play, he was very, very good. I understand, but. I Similar guess to the Derrick Henry argument you had. Dan. It's fair. Oh, he was a um, bum. He was on my fantasy team. He didn't score for shit. I had Dalton Schultz here at six. Zach Hurts. Kyle Pitts. Pitts. Seven, I had Goddard. Gronk. 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 Eight, I had Mike Gisecki. Gisecki. Eight, I have Hunter Henry. I have Zach Ertz. Nine, I had Gronk. Goddard. Dawson Knox. Dawson Knox. Thought about adding him into mine. Zach Ertz was my 10. You guys had him way higher. I think that's probably worth some discussion. I had Henry at 10. I had Dallas Goddard at 10. For me, Ertz was like a non-factor for Philly, and I get he was good with Arizona, but he only had like 750, 650 receiving yards. Well, I think you got to look at how the Eagles played this year. There really was no alpha receiver or even like an alpha running back. It was very by committee at every single position. Um, 
and let's be honest, Dallas Goddard, he's just younger. I think he was a better fit for the Nick Sirianni offense than what Zach Ertz has to offer, especially when it comes to the run game and blocking. He's just not going to be on the field when Goddard is. So I think that can explain to why his production was low, but it, it shows when he's in the right system in Arizona, he's still a pretty good tight end. Um, and for me, ha- having him at three, it's a little biased because I still like Zach Ertz as a player. Um, but I just think what he was able to do in Arizona proves he was still a top tight end in the league when in the right system. That's fair. I mean, the thing about him when he got there, right? I mean, he got a ton of targets. I mean, with Hopkins going down, he was heavily, heavily targeted, especially in the red zone, especially in the red zone, but also even just like short little routes where we get like eight or so yards. Like his honestly, like, I don't think his yards per catch was insanely high. I think they just loved him as like a quick option in the passing game for Kyler Murray. Uh, but he he was that safety valve that I think he needed after Hopkins went down and there was like an inconsistent wide receiver core that had a lot of turnover. So um, I think similar role for CJ Uzoma in Cincinnati, I would say they are fairly comparable in what they do for that, their respective offenses. Uh, I thought about um, Hunter Henry, though, Dan. That's an interesting one because he led the league in touchdowns for a long time. I don't know if he finished first, but um, – I think fourth. Yeah, he had a very respectable year as well. Moving over to the offensive linemen. This might be crazy. I think we all yeah. agree on Trent Williams at number one. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Highest PFF rating ever. Um, number two, I had Zach Martin. Ryan Ramchek. I have Quentin Nelson. I have Joel Patino. Number three, I have Tyrone Smith. Uh, Joel Batonio. Zach Martin. I have Zach Martin. Number four, I had Creed Humphrey. Zach Martin. Jason Kelsey. I had Creed Humphrey. Number five, I had Joel Batonio. Creed Humphrey. Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs. Number Six, sorry, Newman. Number six, Quentin Nelson. Trey Smith. Lane Johnson. Corey Lindsley. A lot of Philadelphia Eagles from you, Dan. Who do Newman have? Corey Lindsley. Lindsley. Uh, number seven, Ryan Ramchek. Braden Smith. Joel Batonio. I have Jason Kelsey. Number eight, Corey Lindsley. I don't know how to say this guy's name. Dan will have to help me. Jordan, can you finish that? The Eagles left tackle. Oh, Jordan Mailata, and that is a hot take. Yeah. <laughs> um, my eight is Tyrone Smith. I have Wyatt Teller, Cleveland. Uh, number nine, I had Andrew Whitworth. Andrew Whitworth. Corey Lindsay. Lane Johnson. And number 10, Tristan Wars for me. Joe Tooney. Wyatt Teller. Rashawn Slater, baby. There's not a lot to argue about line. I was just going to say that. I was like, I they don't They made an all-pro team. Maybe they didn't. Made an all-rookie team. Maybe they didn't. I looked at just PFF ratings. I didn't. I just kind of looked at the all-pros and kind of went off of my own perspective of players. I think I will say one thing. Um about one of the players, Tyron Smith, because uh, uh, one of my friends I do the radio show with here, uh, he's a huge Cowboys fan, and I asked him because I know he had a high rating, 
Um, but Tyron Smith has not played a full season since 2016, and he only played 11 games this year. Had a lot of back problems. I think when he's on the field, he's good. But I just think, like, he's not what he once was as far as, like, healthy and, and really dominance uh, goes. That, that would be my only comment. But I think, you know, every offensive lineman that was mentioned here was was really good. Yeah. A lot of yeah, Eagles on really, the list. Fucking... I really don't have much else. Uh, um, that pretty much wraps, unless Dan has something to say. Just something. I'm scrolling through Twitter, and it says Aaron Rodgers and um, the whatever. Shailene Woodley. Yep, they are reportedly calling off the engagement. I saw oh, that. No. Classic Aaron Rodgers. Classic Aaron Rodgers. Nobody loves the guy. Maybe he's on the move. She doesn't want to move. <laughs> Who would want to go live in Vegas? Maybe it's Denver. <laughs> Heard it's a beautiful city. And smoke. Pot. I flew into Denver. It was weird. Smoke a lot of pot. The Denver airport's like away from the entire city. Denver right airport now. is very, very weird. I don't know if you guys not to get too deep into conspiracy, conspiracy theories here, about that one. I've heard yeah. a lot of good conspiracy theories about that airport. It was just very <laughs> odd. Like I was like, "What? We're in Denver. It feels like we're in the middle of fucking nowhere." It feels like you're on in like. uh What's that area 51 or whatever? Yeah. No, yeah. It's um, fucking weird. Yeah, let's wrap because Dan's well, sick of this. Already. I want to say Zach Sorry. Zach Taylor got extended through 2026. Do we do we like that? Do we not like that real quick? Absolutely. Love it. Okay. Good. Good. Cool. Very well deserving. All right. Thanks for tuning in. Uh Newman, you have to stop the recording, but we'll see you guys all next week. We'll probably have what two, three more weeks of every week for gridiron and then we'll move towards uh once every two weeks once our sim dies down. Yep. Yep. Sweet. Thanks guys. Peace. Peace. Put your tears away in the fear today. You can drive off towards that summertime sunset. But you ain't done yet Take the keys, leave the regrets Write your letters, place your bets I'll be the one